All right. Now we have been just at the first two words of our memory verse. Praying always. Praying always. All right. The first praying always message was to remind us that we need to pray always because the only thing that truly gets accomplished spiritually is in the place of prayer. We can do a lot of things. Well, over dinner, we were talking. You can, you can do things and you can see your child grow up. You can see your child move from primary one to primary two to primary three. You can do a lot of things and find as singles, well, you finish studying, you finish, uh, you get into a job. Things just keep happening. But actually, spiritually, nothing is accomplished in your life. You are actually exposing yourself to more and more um, injuries in the spiritual realm because you don't pray always. The battle is there. Alright, so that's the first praying always. Let's see if you can remember. Let's, let's see if you can remember the second praying always message. Now, what is the, pre, the bottom line prerequisite of praying always? Now, let us try. Kelvin, uh, Nathan, Nathan. Okay. Oh, Nathan. <laughs> no, you're better than Howard now. <laughs> yes, Nathan. <laughs> Say again? Okay, having an understanding of God's word. But at the, at the end of the day, the, the bottom line prerequisite of having an understanding of God's word and everything, what is that, that, that overarching bottom line prerequisite? Um, let me see who I've been asked. Noah? Say again? Must be God's child. Well, that's, that's the beginning, alright? So we, we must be saved. That's the key prerequisite. Right, we must be saved, God, God's child. The bottom line after salvation, how it? Uh, let me ask someone else. <laughs> Always repeat question. Three times already, you know. What is the bottom line prerequisite? It sums up everything. The prerequisite for prayer to be to for God to hear and answer our prayer. Prerequisite. Yeah, see where I know you're going wrong already. Vincent. Have God as center? Have God as center? It wasn't even mentioned, right? Okay, good guess. Try again. Ellen. Full consecration. Full consecration. That is why I have this diagram for you, alright? So I hope that you remember through this diagram, through your errors, right? through your wrong answers, the bottom line, ultimate prerequisite is a life of full consecration. Now I want you to look at that, that, that focus carefully. Prayer is where things get accomplished, correct? Spiritual things, not your personal life and your personal uh, achievements. Now if prayer is where things get accomplished spiritually, in your spiritual walk, for the kingdom of God, now, if that is where things are, unless you are fully consecrated, why would you pray? Listen carefully. I hope you understand this thing about God saying, pray, praying always. Why would a soldier fight if a soldier's heart is not consecrated to the country? Let me ask you that. Why would a soldier fight if his heart is not given, dedicated to its country? Why would he want to accomplish anything? In his life for the country so when God says 
praying always. It's from the context of the Christian armor, the Christian fighting. Why would you want to go into battle? Why do you want to fight on your knees? For your spiritual walk, for your family, for your personal walk, for, for the church. Why would you want to even fight? Unless your heart is given all over to God. That is the prerequisite. You see, once your heart is like that, anything that comes in your way that will hinder prayer, whatever sin it is, you say, Lord, my life is for you. Well, you know, we sang this wonderful hymn. 24, right? All to thee is yielded. I am not my own. Blissful, glad surrender. I am thine alone. When our life is like that, you don't have to worry about the phrase, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You do not want iniquity in your heart. No soldier would say, I, I want to betray my country a little bit. Anything that would betray the country, he hates it. Understand that? So when we begin this, this armor praying always, this must be in our hearts. You must pray always because that is where you fight the spiritual battle for your own walk, for the church of God. That, and you, unless you are fully consecrated to Christ, you will falter, you will give up, you won't be interested. When you go home and you're still not interested in prayer, now it's a very simple problem in your life. A very simple problem. Your heart is not given to God. When your heart is given to God, you automatically will pray. You, that two things cannot be separated. Understand that. Alright? So now, we now coming, now we have come to this phrase, this verse, these words itself. Praying always. Now, what does it mean? Alright? What does it mean? Now, tonight, we are going to go on this understanding. Now, this verse actually starts with always praying. Alright? It begins there, the Greek in Greek. So, the emphasis is that. Now, what is praying? The Bible has many different words for praying. So, first we want to now, I hope to try to help you follow because I know dinner was very filling. You're very tired probably. It's been a long day. Now, follow. The first part, I'm going to help you understand these two words. Alright? Then we're going to ask ourselves more questions. Well then, now how to make sure I have this in my life? What is really this? How do I make sure I have this in my life? How to make sure that when I go back, I will have this in my life? Alright? So, first, there are many words in the Bible that describes praying. Now, this particular usage of this word praying here is a general word for praying, all right? So, tomorrow, I think it's tomorrow. Now, we're going to study, look at your verse, all, praying with all prayer. The different kinds of prayer. But here, we are just going to learn this very first word that is used, praying, always. The general usage. Now, what is this general form of this word? Now, it has to do with facing and getting, facing someone and getting the attention of someone being in the person's presence. I say again, huh? now this particular one is, is a general term. Just facing God and, and um, having engagement, fellowship with God. Alright? So, I always like this um, scene that I remember when I first came to BBCWA, and there was this child, all right? He was talking to the father, and I was talking to the father, right? The child was in arms, in, in the father's arm, and then the child wanted the father's attention. And then finally, the child got, got, was impatient. The child grabbed the father's face and turned the father to her, all right? Literally dead, he looked at me. 
That is the best description of this word prayer. Proskuneo. Alright, pros, two words. Alright, face. This is the word. It is one thing to be engaged with God. That is what it means. The child wants to be engaged with the father. Father, look at me. So she just grab the face and turn the face towards him away from me. Now, why do we need to understand the meaning of this word? Now, this word simply means you love to be in God's presence. You love to be, to be facing him and him facing you. That is what you love. This is the kind of praying, all right? This is the particular word. It is always wanting to have God near you. It is always wanting to be near God. You see many hymn writers write of this kind of concept. Near to the heart of God in the place of prayer. That is what it is. It's just like husband and wives, good friends. You just can't wait to be in each other's presence. This is that. Now, then what about what is always? Alright? What is always? Now, always has to do with um, without having interference. Alright? Um, and keeping always that, 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 that proskuneo, keeping that presence always there. And that is this always. Alright? No interference. Um, always engaging in the presence of God. Now, this always is every moment. Every location, every means, means whether you're at home, whether you're alone, whether you're with a group of people, whether you are doing something, whether you, you are um, um, in the midst of something, is always, always loving, longing to be engaged with God. So, like I mentioned to you before, the Greek statement for this memory verse it begins with always that is the emphasis that's the emphasis all right means a constant ongoing natural um, um, embracing of god conscious of god talking to god that is what it is okay now it is this consciousness consciousness awareness Right? Without, without interference means without being distracted at all. Now why, oh maybe I ask you this question. When you put these two together, when you put these two together, the picture of this. Now what would really be a good description? What would really be a good description of, of praying? Now, it comes to this. It is a natural habit. That is what it is. So when you see this, this phrase, praying always, praying always, the thought that should come to your mind and my mind is praying is a natural habit. It's just like a child's natural habit to want to be near its parents. A child's natural habit to, to, to just run to its parents. 
It happens all, to me all the time, right? I think maybe children don't like me or what. Like, like sometimes I see children coming down, they say, hello, then they hide, they smile, and then they come very fast down. I thought they were coming towards me, but daddy was behind me, <laughs> right? She didn't go around me. So, oh. I was, I was waiting, I was, last night I was doing something, then I saw one child there. Then I walked to the child, then I talked to the child, the child kept looking, but actually the child was looking at the father working here. And he was holding a Bible, I said, what, oh, is that for me? She shake his head, she head, and he said, it's for daddy, right? It's natural, it's just natural. That is the picture, just natural to be watching, wanting to be near daddy, wanting to be um, doing something for him, and other people may be around and all that. But this child is always aware where daddy is. This child is always aware, coming down, although I'm shouting, screaming, making all sorts of funny faces. Does, it knows I'm there, but actually it's just aware. Its main conscious awareness was the father behind me. That's all. Whenever you th- see, you do this memory verse, praying always. It's exactly that picture. That just pure, natural habit of wanting to be near God, engaging God. So it's just not near God, huh? it's God's face, face to face, cross, face to face. That is what it is. So habitual, right? So habitual. So that is the meaning of it, the meaning of it. Now then the question is, what does it look like? What does it look like practically, all right? When we say praying always. Now there are two aspects that you must be conscious of. One is, well, it is constantly, all right, constantly praying. Means constantly aware, constantly engaging, constantly loving to be near God. Means all the time, throughout the day, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever is happening around you, constantly you're, you're, you're thinking about daddy, you're thinking about like a child, right? you're thinking about God the Father, you're, you're, you are engaging him in, in prayer in your heart. That's why when God says pray without ceasing, that is exactly what it means. All the time you are talking with God. Now is that difficult? Right? Husband and wives, for example, you're very happy to be always talking to each other, right? You just wish there are less things to do. You can talk more, right? Good friends, when you meet in church, you just want to talk, right? Is it, is it very unnatural to say, well, it's, it's a bit strange, you know? Uh, keep talking to God, keep talking to God like a crazy person. No, it's not, not at all. Unless you see the child, and the child loves to be in the presence of the father, loves to run to the father and say, oh, this child is unnatural. You don't, all right? Some people say, you know, this kind of messages, it's, Praying, always praying, is is odd. This is strange. It's like a cult. But that's exactly what God is saying. Always looking for the presence of God, always engaging God. So one is constant. Alright? Now, but the second one is this. It is also there are set times of dedicated, uninterrupted prayer. Set times, dedicated, uninterrupted prayer. You see this kind of both are present in the Bible, and we're going to study that, all right? I'm not making this up and, and giving you my opinion. Now, first and foremost, well, this ongoing prayer, ongoing prayer. Now, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. What is this praying always? The ongoing ones, all right? For example...
First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. If you're there, please read together with me. Night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Night and day, praying exceedingly. This night and day is, is, is talking about from night to day, right? It's not during daytime, during nighttime. But the description is someone who is night and day thinking about them and praying for them. So in the Bible, there are this kind of prayers. So it's literally like the Christians walking around and they keep thinking of the Christians in the, Thess- in, in the, in the Thessalonica church or Christians in another church. And they're constantly in there praying for them. Always very burdened in their heart for them. Yes, they may be doing something, but the heart is always towards these Christians. So there's this ongoing ones. Now, um, and also, well, praying without ceasing. The Bible says that. Pray without ceasing. So the Bible talks about this constant throughout the day prayer. And you say, what, what is it like? We'll come to that, all right? But just know that there are this kind of prayer in the Bible. When God is praying always, it is that. Now, but because of the word always, it is also about uninterrupted, um, undisturbed. Now, you also see in the Bible set, set, dedicated, uninterrupted prayer. You know very well. All right? You know very well. Um, Like the Lord's Prayer. Before the Lord taught the the people, He said, when? When you enter into the closet. When you enter into the closet. You need to pull yourself away from your ongoing activities during the day. When? Not if. God says when means this is just something that I expect that Christians do. Alright? Not is if you happen to, not is when. Means it's an expected thing. There are set times when you do that. So this is about going away into your closet. What is closet? Closet means uninterrupted, undisturbed. Alright? So the Lord Himself expects us to pray without ceasing, at the same time to also go aside. And pray always. Always have that dedicated prayer time. That is what it is. Ongoing plus always having a dedicated prayer time. Now turn with me to Psalm 55 verse 17. Psalm 55 verse 17. Psalm 55 verse 17. If you're there, let's read Psalm 55 verse 17 together. Evening and morning... And at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Evening, morning, and at noon. Set times. Very specific, alright? Set times. Not day and night, but now it's evening, morning, noon. To specify specific times of the day. You see, it's in scriptures. Set times are part of it. Now, when you say praying always, not only this ongoing constant one, but always morning, yeah, evening, always at noon, and always, sorry, if, and at morning, alright? Set, set. Now, then turn with me to Daniel 6, verse 10. Daniel 6, verse 10. Daniel 6, verse 10. Alright, if you're there, let's read Daniel 6, 10 together. Reading. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed. He went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day, and prayed and gave thanks before 
his God as he did a four time. Now notice how God describes it. Three times a day. Set times. And these set times are something that he does always. How do we know that? As he did a four time. It's a habit in Daniel's life. God tells us pray without ceasing, but in scriptures you also see there is set time that is habitual in the believer's life. Now, but then you say, um, then you say, um, well, this is Old Testament. This is Old Testament. Now, Old Testament, they have this, you know, rituals and all that. Do you think so? Do you think so? Turn with me to Acts, Acts chapter 10 verse 9. Acts chapter 10 verse 9. Acts chapter 10, verse 9. If you're there, please read together with me. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour, noon, sixth hour. Now, let me ask you, is Peter Old Testament, um, Old Testament uh, believer? Old Testament um, part of the Old Testament group of people. Well, he was moving, transiting. But this was after Christ has come, has died, has resurrected and gone to heaven. He is as New Testament as can be here. But it's still, God reveals to us there is this set times that believers observe. Dedicated, set apart. And what did he do? He, Peter went up upon the house top. Why do you go up to the housetop? To be away from the hustle and bustle of the house, to find a quiet place on his own, to pray uninterrupted. See, there are these things in the life of the believer. So, now, then last one, Mark 1.35. Mark 1.35. Mark chapter 1. Let's read verse 35 together, if you're there. And in the morning... Rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. The Lord's example himself. He was God on earth, but this was the habit of the Lord. And there is this habit of finding a solitary place. Finding a solitary place. So Christian, my point is this. When you memorize this, praying always, don't have this wrong concept. Well, Pastor, I, I, it means I don't have to make sure that, well, I've set times of praying in the day. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a housewife, I'm very busy. Or husband, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a working person, is, I'm very busy. Right? Or students, life is very tough, very, very busy. Elderly is also. But don't worry, don't worry. Based on what I memorized, throughout the day, I pray. Now, that is very good. That is very good. Throughout the day, you're always Seeking the face of God, always subconsciously, consciously engaging Him, that is good. But don't misunderstand that you do not need set times, always praying uninterrupted. Um, and it is uh, always dedicated at certain times of the day towards God. So Christian, that must be what it means to be praying always. After this camp, I ask you, for those who do not have set time of prayers, 
But your concept has always been, you know, actually throughout the day, I do pray. I do pray throughout the day. You must now begin to say, oh, I need to now set up times where it is uninterrupted from my children, from my family, from my um, spouse, from my friends, from my handphone, from my social media. Set apart times. It must be there. The Lord has it. The New Testament Christian has it. Do you have it? Now we come to we come to well answering questions like, but you know how busy I am as a mother. In fact, maybe I just share now. It was providential that mother was sharing over dinner, all right, at our fellowship dinner. The mother said, you know, it's, it's a lesson that I, I learned. I when people used to tell me when I have my first child, pray. Right? The experienced mother said, pray. I say, oh, yeah, you know, so many things to do. I need to do. I need to do, right? You, you, cannot, don't, you cannot don't do, right? How to set a part-time to pray? It's like, you can't even go. And she didn't say this, but I was thinking of my, yeah, parents always said, I don't even have time to go to the toilet, right? That kind of thing. It's that busy. And then mothers just say, oh, I must learn to pray. I must learn to pray. So she says she never really fully understood it. Until she began to pray, and she realized, yeah, I just have to set a part-time to pray. I prayed. She prayed. And she found that somehow, somehow things, things became better. Children that she could not control became controllable. So who can control their hearts except God? The more I do, the more tired I get, the more frustrated I get, the more the naughtier they get. But when I pray, something happened. Now I have time to handle things because they are different. So whatever it is you feel, I, I cannot. Throughout the day, it's not possible. It's not possible to set apart time to pray. I want to ask you this question. Daniel was the prime minister of um, a whole huge famous nation, right? In, 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 in even the history of mankind. Do you think he's free? Do you think he is very... Um, um, have a lot of recreation time. I don't think so. I don't think so. But yet Daniel was a person who prayed three times a day, set times. And Daniel, not only that, even when his life was being threatened for praying. Do you get threatened for praying? I don't think so. He still made sure he maintained that habit of prayer. Habit of prayer. Are you under life and death threat for praying at home? Are you under life and death threat for praying as a university student, as a, as a, as a, as a school student? Are you No, right? So that is first thing um, for us to understand, understand, all right? Now, when we talk about this, all right, when we talk about this, then do you have a closet prayer? Do you have a closet prayer? You see, ah, there's, there's no place, no closet. The point is solitary. Get away from disturbance. All right? Plan it in. Find ways to have it. I've shared this many times. All right? No one can beat um, Susanna Wesley. She had so many children. All right? So many children. Very small house. They're very poor. Her closet prayer was she throws a towel on her face and she leans back on the chair and the, all the children will immediately keep quiet because they know mommy's praying. Is it possible? Definitely possible. Possible. So wonderful when just now we were going to we were open in prayer for dinner. Then the parents say, praying posture. <laughs> praying posture. The child don't really understand what's happening. Running. Praying posture. Yeah, that's it. 
praying posture. And then when we finish, we finish our um, fellowship, then we say, um, all right, let's close in prayer. Praying posture. Then just run there, right? Some jump on the parents' um, lap, and then the youngest one, praying posture. They can learn to keep quiet when you pray. I've said this, some of you may not know, or maybe I've shared it. I never forgot when I was a student um, studying overseas and um, on Sunday nights we go to the pastor's house um, a few times and I noticed this, all right? They're very kind, they, they have um, um, students, they, different families host the students. Um, so one night I was at the pastor's house. The dog is like crazy, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sheep dog, but it is, it is super hyperactive. No child in this church can compare. Super hyperactive, seriously. You go in, it's wagging, it's still jumping up and down, and, and it, it will just shoot up and down the staircase like, like a robot, you know, just go and down to expand its energy. It's hyperactive. But the moment the pastor says, oh, let, let's pray, and he bows his head, it freezes and it just stops. Until the prayer, until Amen, like your child, Amen. Then it goes crazy again. I asked the first, did you train? Say no, somehow he just did that. You know, he just knew that when it's praying time, he just knows it's supposed to whole house quiet, everyone stops, so he just stops. And I always say, if you can train, train a dog, you can train yourself. Don't disturb mommy and dad. Don't disturb us at this time. I need to pray. Susanna Wesley was an example. So what I'm trying to say is this. Whether you're single, now single, there's definitely no excuse, all right? Okay, maybe you have a dog, right? I don't know. There's no excuse. Definitely, likewise for parents, you can train them. When you say, I must have closet prayer, then it happens. Then it happens. Alright? Now, of course, if it's an infant, it will cry, it needs feeding, that's different, right? Well, no, let me learn to, learn to teach you to, that mommy is praying, right? It needs to eat at that time. They don't understand yet, right? They're too young. So, that is one. Now, what is this, what is this, um, uh, some, some of excuses, right? So think, think of Daniel. Think of the Lord. The Lord was a super busy person in the ministry. But you repeatedly read, the Lord, no matter how busy is, He is, I'm, now you can say without a doubt, the Lord prays without ceasing. He gave the command. He's definitely the best practitioner of pray without ceasing. But despite his praying without ceasing, despite how busy he was, he would still look for solitary places to pray. That must be no excuse for us, right? So the next thing we want to learn. Now, what, what does it look like, for example, all right? What does it look like, for example? This both must be present in your life. Well, what can you think of, for example? Praying always. Let's stick with praying always. When you're waiting in line to buy something, pray. Pray. Pray always in your heart. Alright? Instead of keep wondering and let your mind wander and, and think of all sorts of things, then your mind will wander to sin, right? Pray. Pray for the cashier that you're going to talk to, that you hope that you can develop some friendship and then invite to church always praying see this is always like god i need to tell you this god god you know that person or oh, god this thing at home or oh, god this this problem that i'm facing always talking with the lord now i'm not saying that you must 
literally talk out, you know, Lord, and then you're queuing, and people will look around, what is this person doing? I'm not saying that, obviously, all right? But in your heart, always towards God, always facing God. Is it unnatural? Is it unnatural? No, right? It's, it's, it's what exactly God is saying that we should be doing. Don't kill time, all right? Um, kill time. I have some time, so let me kill time. The moment you have free time, you decide to let, let me serve the social media. Let me look at this YouTube. Let me catch up with this uh, news and that news. Now, learn to be always engaged with the Lord. Praying without ceasing, praying always. This constant prayer is exactly that. Now, what else can you do? Now, whether it's student life, whether it's um, working life, whether it's retirement life, Anytime you have time on your hand, consciously engage God. Because we cannot consciously engage God all the time. I'm aware of that. Alright? When you're doing something, you're doing something. Now, I, did, I believe that until tonight. <laughs> I, I thought that we cannot be conscious, we cannot be focusing on one thing, and yet be constantly conscious of something else and engaging until tonight. Then I realized I was wrong. I was wrong. Because I witnessed this in the fellowship dinner. All right? The mother was sharing the testimony of, of what I learned about prayer. While she's sharing testimony, she was eating. All right? She was eating at the same time, sharing testimony, very intensive sharing. But at the same time, halfway she just stopped. Hey, your boy. All right? Then the host, hey, my boy. All right? Then she continued, continued. Hey, our boy. Then I realized. Can you be really engaged in something? Now, if you're really, your heart is towards something, you can be conscious of that thing at the same time. This person was just doing normal things. Mothers, I think you're very good at that. You are the last person that, can, that must disagree. I cannot be praying always. You can. If your heart is constantly towards the safety of the children, no matter what you're doing, one eye, one heart, even you're engaged, hey, that's happening. That is what it is. Now, that is exactly what praying without ceasing is. It's absolutely possible in the Christian life. Now, it's as habitual, as normal, as breathing. We always say that. It is just as habitual and as normal as breathing. All right? So, all these things are description of praying without ceasing. What, what it looks like. What it looks like. The moment you wake up, before you brush your teeth, your first thought is towards God. That is the meaning of proskuneo. First thought is, Lord, thank you that I awake this morning. That is a new day for me to live and serve you. Alright? So while you're washing your face, while you're showering, while you're doing that, what is, where is our mind? Normally just wondering. Just wondering, wondering, looking at the drain hole, looks a bit dirty today. Um, oh, shampoo is finishing. You see, our heart... It's always engaged with God. Now, parents, again, I use parents' example. You, when you bathe your child, you're constantly talking to your child. You constantly, even when you're, cook, you're preparing food, you're constantly engaging, talking to your child. That is exactly what it is. Always engage, always engage. When you are with your friends, single, at the place of work or in church, you're always talking at the same time, right? You're walking, you're talking, you're getting up your car, you're driving, and, and you're still talking. Now, this is... This is the habitual prayer. Now, why am I giving you examples after examples? For a simple reason. We have to ask ourselves, are we like that? Especially singles. 
You spend a lot of time alone in your house, traveling, eating, doing things, shopping. This is one thing that you must be very conscious of to practice and it's the most wonderful thing for you. You will never fear loneliness. You will, you, you will become so normal for you. Praying without ceasing is this habitual, natural engagement with God that is so normal. Alright, so normal. Now then the third example I want to give is this. This praying without ceasing. Now, especially if you grow up in a Christian, you have a Christian family. Is it normal for the family, well, talking here, and then seeing daddy in that corner praying? You don't have to be kneeling, but it can be kneeling. Is it normal? Say, so, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit odd. Praying without ceasing. Is it normal? that as the children are doing something, then daddy or mommy just stands up and say, um, I need to go and pray about something. Then just go away and pray, right in the room or, or just in another corner of the hall or just kneel down and start praying. Right? Singles, the same. Is it normal for you to walk suddenly and say, ah, I remember, I need to pray about something. Then just kneel down in your house and pray. Is it normal? I want to ask you, do you feel very odd? Is praying without ceasing so common in your home, so common in your personal life, so common as an elderly? Anytime you just, ah, pray, ah, need to pray about this. Then you just kneel down and you have very intensive engagement with God, uninterrupted, just talking with God. May not be your set time, anytime. Now, husband, ask you, or husband and wife, ask you this. You say, well, my house is very small, as you know, and all that. Is it normal if you're sitting your wife is in the same room and then you just turn around kneel on the floor put your head in the couch and pray or wife the same you just turn around and then kneel down and pray you say ah that's a bit odd that's a bit odd tonight when we are having dinner right or last few days when we are having lunch and dinner when we are, when we are eating as a, um, and then I notice children and their families alright as we are talking, then suddenly the child comes up to the father, uh, Daddy, then you ask this, ask that, then the daddy talk, uh, okay, then go. And once in a while, the child will come again, uh, Daddy, and then talk, 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 or Mommy, talk, talk, talk. Now, is it, is, it, is it strange to you that suddenly the child just comes to the father and talk, and then the father stops, or the child stops, and then although the father is in the middle of dinner and all that, right, the child was not rude or anything, is it unnatural? Would, would, would I say, hey, this is very unnatural. How come your child suddenly talks to you? What? Child suddenly talks to me. My child talks to me. It's normal. My child talks to me at any time. It's normal. What means suddenly talks to me? Now, my point, I hope you're getting the illustration. That in the home, talking to your heavenly father, you may be with your sister, your siblings in the house. You may be with your parents in the house. And then, young person, you just suddenly say, ah, I need to pray to God. Now, please, I'm not talking about what Christ said. Well, um, the Pharisees, they like to stand at the crossroads to pray so that people know. But this is your family member. There's, there's nothing about being proud. I hope, at least. Okay, this, if you feel that, uh, you do this outright, then you don't do it. 
But what I'm saying, it must be as natural as a family eating and then the child walks up and then talks to the father and then goes away. Nothing abnormal about it. Husband and wife, do you feel very uncomfortable when suddenly your husband says, oh, I need to pray. Then he just kneels there and pray. Unless you feel, it's very unnatural. Suddenly my husband and my child starts talking. How come? Uh? How come they talk? Uh? You don't. It's natural. They walk in and then they talk. Praying without ceasing is exactly that. No, I really appreciate one gift that someone gave to me in my life. I always feel it's the best gift ever in my entire life. All right? The person bought me a garden kneeling pad. You know it's a garden kneeling pad? It's what people buy, they do gardening and then they kneel so that their knees don't get roughed up, right? So it's um, um, a spongy pad, right? The person bought and said, Pastor, for you. It's the best thing I ever had. Because sometimes, um, now I'm not saying that I, I pray a lot, but sometimes praying, I like to pray kneeling, right? On my own, because it helps me to focus. But sometimes after a while, your knee hurts and then it's uncomfortable and all that. That you can kneel there for very long, right? It's wonderful. I agree. I'm so thankful for that. But I'm more thankful for one other thing about this. It's green in color. They say, why green in color is so good? I leave it a certain place in my house, in my study room. Every time I walk in the room, that green thing just jumps out at me. It reminds me to pray. Before I start preparing a message, before I start doing something, before I start writing, the green pad is almost like screaming at me. It's very good reminder. You walk there, it's there. You walk there, it's there. You walk there, it's there. That's why I say it's the best gift because it reminds me to pray without ceasing. Alright? So now, especially because the person bought for me, I even more think about the person, I pray for the person more. Don't buy me any. <laughs> Just for that. We couldn't find it after that. You know, I looked on the internet and then Sharon was searching, could not find it again. Kmart just brought it in once. We finally found an equivalent version in, in uh, Bunnings, all right? Something like $18 or $19. If you want to buy one of that, you know, buy for UK, it's $40, all right? $18. The best thing you can invest in your life. The best thing. Now, I used to feel very uncomfortable with Sharon coming into the study room and, and all that. You know, when I'm praying, very uncomfortable. But now, it's, I don't feel uncomfortable anyway. She can be there, I can just kneel beside her and pray. She doesn't even think it's something odd. It's just what I'm trying to tell you is this. I'm not trying to praise myself and show. But I want you to know, from a person who was very uncomfortable when I pray, and people around, I get very uncomfortable, to now it's very natural. Then I suddenly saw this at the dinner table, where it's just very natural for a child walks up to the parents and just talking, and then stops, and then the child comes back. It's natural. So no husband and wife should feel well, suddenly he just goes off and pray. Suddenly she goes off and pray. Suddenly my child goes to pray. Child, do you do that? This is the scene. I'm trying to tell you. This is the scene on earth that God is describing about praying without ceasing. This is the exact scene. Is it something in your life? Bring it home after this camp. Make it something like that. Now, the first church I went, I, I attended, I told you, is a church that focused a lot on prayer. There were a lot of advantages of that. There were some uh, um, iffy practices, which I was afraid of, um, which is not biblical. Now, but one of the things that I learned, the spirit of prayer in the homes, in their individual lives, was, was really, really what biblical life should be like. You know, I always remember we were talking as teenagers, and then this person said, oh, you know, I always know when my dad prays. I said, how do you know? He always goes to that corner, and when I wake up in the morning, the chair is tilted this way, I know he has prayed. Or sometimes, when he comes back from school, and then it looks like Dad came home and he went out, the chair is tilted again. 
No. Terence, do your child have that kind of memory of you? My dad, my mom is a praying Christian. Do they have that of you? Is that the image of you? That was something that was etched in my heart. Etched in my heart. Does your friends in church, singles, know you as a praying person, someone who prays without ceasing? Does your wife, does your husband see each other as a prayer? My, my husband is a praying husband. My wife is a praying wife. Now, I don't want to exclude you children, young ones in our midst. That scene is your scene as well. You play, 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 and you suddenly walk up to daddy and talk to daddy. It's the same as you play, 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 and suddenly you remember, I need to pray about something. You walk there and you just start praying to God. That is the scene. Praying without ceasing. That is what it is. You know, to children, they can praying, we can be so real. The heart of simple faith is so real. I think I've shared this before as well. We were interviewing kindergarten children, uh, part of our FEBC project. Um, and, well, the parents said, we were really ashamed. We were having financial problems. Husband and wife, we were discussing. We were very troubled, but they didn't know the child was standing there. All right? They didn't want the child to know. But the little child, the kindergarten child, overheard. And then the child said, Oh, Daddy and Mommy, don't worry. I'm going to the room to pray and ask God for help now. It's very real to the child, you know. It's, prayer is where God answers things. Daddy and Mommy have a real problem. She's not very shy to pray. It's so natural. She said, don't worry, Daniel. I'm going to my room now and then I will talk to God. That is praying without ceasing. Anytime, you just go and speak with your father. All the time in your heart, focus, set time, praying without ceasing. Now, Christian, I, I give a fair bit of illustrations um, after telling you that the Bible has this set time, this ongoing time, this constant interaction with God, I give you a lot of illustration to bring home a point. When you go back from camp, you need to make some changes. When you say praying without ceasing, if life just goes on as it is, you have wasted your time in this camp. But most frightening is this, you have chosen not to wage warfare in your Christian walk for your spiritual life. You've made that decision and gone home. That is what it is. Now, some things to start. Well, maybe let me go to this. Um, let me go to this. What are some um, benefits? All right. What are some benefits of having habitual Prayer, natural, habitual prayer. What are some benefits? Well, number one, you would rather pray than to rush into doing something. When you are so habitual in prayer, you would rather pray than to rush into doing things. I'm not saying you would rather pray than do work. Huh? But because it's so habitual, the first thing you want to do is pray because it's a habit, it's a habit. Habits are very good, right? Praying without ceasing, in short, after you know what it will be in the box, right? Habitual prayer is very beneficial. Now, in fact, the second thing is this. You will feel very uneasy. 
you will feel very uncomfortable, you will feel very exposed, you will feel very helpless, you will feel very afraid, you will feel very weak. Unless you pray. Because it's a habit. It's a natural habit. I say again, you will feel you feel um, very uneasy, exposed, helpless, afraid, weak if you don't pray. You are very uncomfortable. Do you feel like that when it's habit? When you don't do your habit? You know some people, they don't drink coffee. Habit. They are very uncomfortable. They must drink coffee. I had a colleague whose father came from, from India to visit them. And then um, he said, oh, my dad is in such bad mood all the time. Then, then I said, oh, why? What happened? He said, because Singapore is very hot. And I said, um, so what? Uh, I thought India is very hot. No, they have seasons of coolness. I said, but what about it? He, didn't, he don't get to go for his walks all the time. I said, what? When the father don't, have, don't fulfill his habit of walking, going for five kilometer walks, he gets very edgy and he gets very irritated. Right? He gets very uncomfortable. He gets very frustrated that he didn't get to do it. Now, when you have a habit, that is what happens. When you have a habit of prayer, you cannot imagine it now because it's not a habit. It's not praying always with you now. You just feel, ah, it's very difficult, very difficult to start. But once it is a habit, you can't not pray. You just have to pray. you rather put aside whatever and pray first. Which one of you, I hope none of you here, can get up and then don't brush your teeth and then start to eat breakfast and then go to work. I hope none of you. But because it's a habit, right? Now, when we are young, when you are young, our parents, you know that, all right? Singles, you know that as well. When you are young, your parents say, please brush your teeth. Please brush your teeth. They bring the toothbrush and make you brush your teeth and stand there and watch you brush your teeth, right? When you're young, do you remember that? You hated it. You dis... You... you abhorred it, right? You hate it. And anytime they don't see the best, you don't brush. Right? Now, after they keep doing it and doing it and doing it, what are they doing? They're building into you a habit. And then as you grow up, do they still need to make you brush teeth? I really hope not, right? I really hope not. You, you don't need to be told. Alright? If you, if you don't brush your teeth first, you get... You just feel very uncomfortable. You don't want to go open your mouth. You feel very dirty talking to people. Like you make them smell your dragon breath and whatever breath you call it. You just feel very uncomfortable, right? So even for me, I wake up in the morning, I, I feel a bit uncomfortable turning to talk to Sharon. I say, don't know what breath will come out. Right? Brush teeth first, right? Because it's a habit. Do you know why? Like it's a habit. That's why I say pray. God says praying always. God is telling you build a habit. Once you have that habit, it's a totally different you. It's no more, I don't like to pray. Why must I pray? Have I ticked that box of prayer? Who, which one of you need to have a checklist? Alright? Yeah, you have a checklist. Your checklist, remember to bring toothbrush to camp. It's not, I must remember to brush my teeth tomorrow morning. Right? It's a totally different checklist. Now, so my point, my point in saying all this is, the benefit of prayer when, it's, when it is a habit. When it is habit, you become a different person altogether. Habit makes you that. Habit makes you a different person. Now, teens, even you feel, I, I will never be like that. That is how daddy and mommy felt exactly about you, teens, when they tried to teach you to brush your teeth. Exactly how they felt. And that's exactly how we felt. But what is it now? You do it. You do it, right? Habit. 
You know, when you reach this, this habit, you become like Martin Luther. I, I quoted him many times. You are sick of hearing it, but I hope it brings home the message. Because Martin Luther knew the battle is really in the spiritual realm. He has all the theological knowledge, he has all the oratory skills. But he knew he dare not step out of the house to face the Roman Catholics, to face his own personal um, temptations. All right? Not just about God's work, his own personal spiritual work. He said he dare not walk out of the room until he has prayed for a few hours. Then he goes out to into the world. Why? Not only it is real, it was a habit for him. It is so scary. You feel so exposed. Do you have a habit of wearing clothes before you leave the room? Everyone get the point, right? You will do it. You say, of course I must do it. You feel very exposed. Alright, so now I hope um, that you remember what the benefits are. Go home and build a habit of prayer. Now then, now what happens, what are some of the things, alright? What are some of the things? Um, now let me just say a few things to augment this. Scriptural examples, alright? I don't want you to just say, yeah, just because you do this at home, um, then we should do it. Now can you turn to me to Mark chapter 14? Mark chapter 14. Do you feel very uncomfortable praying in the presence of your family members? Or is it natural? You just pray anytime. It's normal as you talk with your parents, alright? Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, please. Now let us read verses 32 to 35. Mark 14, 33, uh, 32 to 35. One, two reading. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed and to be heavy. And he said unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little, and fell on the ground, and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Do you see the scene that I described? Christ and the disciples were so used, so accustomed to Christ just falling down on his face and praying near them. So normal. The Lord says, the Bible says he went forward a little, means it's not far from them. They fully knew where he, what he was doing. And he said, you also pray. It's looked like something that they do all the time. And how do we know that? Now, remember, um, remember Judas. He knew where to find Christ in this place, Garden of Gethsemane. All right? Mount of Olives. He knew where to find him. And the Bible says it, is his, it was his normal custom, his normal haunt with his disciples. And what does Christ go there to do? It is found here. And Gethsemane, he prays. And the disciples, when they go there, it's almost natural that we are all just going to hang around here and pray. And that's it. Now, my point about saying this is the habitual prayer in your personal life now, singles, you have the most wonderful freedom of no interruption if you're staying on your own, for example, right? You can kneel anywhere, stand anywhere, pray anytime. 
without needing to uh, don't disturb me for a while or excuse me or you know you need to find somewhere you have that great privilege of practicing this normal habitual prayer in your life well of course you will only do that if you believe the spiritual battle is real and and you need to pray there's no embarrassment between Christ or discomfort with him the Bible says he fell um, um, and they say he, his heart was heavy and then he went forward a little and fell on the ground fell on the ground he just knelt maybe he was prostrate and his face to the ground so normal right now I hope that you don't misunderstand but I want to emphasize don't do this out of pride right? don't do this out of show off don't do this out but it must be something so normal in your life in your home your child sees you like that I tell you, that is the best example. We were also talking over dinner. What the children see the parents love, what the children see the parents do, we all admit, we develop it. When the child sees that daddy loves to play, in, play computer games, <laughs> none of us, all right? But I know of um, other church people, parents play computer games with the child, all right? Daddy loves computer games. Now, daddy has time, Free time, so to speak. He kills time by playing computer game. He works, works, he's busy at his death. Then when it's free time, he goes to the TV and whatever, Nintendo or whatever you call it. That is what daddy loves. But when your child sees, whenever daddy is very busy and he does things, and then suddenly he just, he just goes there and then he kneels down and he prays. He grows up with that picture and that is, his, that is what he will do when he grew up. You want to say, you want to bring up godly seed? It's not just about bringing to church. That is part of it. It is what you are at home to your child. Now, I don't want to leave out the elderly especially. Elderly, you like the singles, you have that great privilege, opportunity to build this habitual prayer life very easily into your life. Alright? Now, then we come to the last part. Alright? The last part. What does it take? What does it take for this habit to form? What does it take when I go home, back into Perth? What does it take for me to build a life where, where whenever I have time, I'll be praying? What does it take that I will have set times of prayer as a single, as an elderly, as a parent, as a teen, as a student? What does it take for me to build this 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 habit in my, in my very busy life, what does it take? Well, I'll help you with three R's. R's, three R's. First, reprioritize when you get back to Perth. That is if you believe that it's a spiritual battle and that is where you accomplish spiritual um, victory for your spiritual walk. If you believe that, now reprioritize. We'll talk about some things. The second R. After you have reprioritized, then reorganize. Reorganize your life. Reorganize. Based on the priorities. Of course, the priority now is to have set time of prayers, to have a life where you will pray spontaneously, you're constantly engaged with God, right? Then the third R. Now, after you've reprioritized, after you've reorganized things, and you look, still no time. What, is, what do you think is the third R? Simple, right? Remove. Remove some things. 
get rid of them, give up. You call it at this point, sacrifice, right? But when you build this habit, it's no longer a sacrifice. It's never a sacrifice to bring toothbrush and toothpaste and use up space in your luggage. Never a sacrifice of space, right? You want to bring it, right? So you call it sacrifice now, but later you call it, well, you gladly give it up, you gladly remove it. So three hours, three hours. Now Christians, changes must be made. Changes must be made to form new habits. And I really hope, whether, whether you're a senior, a single, a family person, a young person in school, I really hope you don't take this as um, like listening to a lecture in school. Okay, this is a lecture, let me take some notes. Whether I'm going to do this, whether this, I take this seriously, that doesn't matter, I'll just take some notes. I really hope, and I've been praying, that you don't take tonight's message in that spirit. You take in a spirit, this is real, this is important, I need to make changes. When I go back, I need to make changes. As a parent, as a teen, as a senior, I need to make changes. I need to get serious with God. That is why I said earlier on, right, the prerequisite of prayer is consecration, full consecration. If there is no full consecration, tonight everything is what time can we end? And I want to start fellowship, right? Now, maybe I give you this illustration. Now, if I were to tell you, if you don't do this, say I'm a doctor, all right? Say I'm a doctor, uh, not Dr. Quack, all right? So I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor and I say, well, now if you don't do this from what I can see and what I check medically, you are going to get cancer. You are going to get cancer. You better start doing this. Now, which one of you in this room is going to say, uh, doctor, you don't know how busy my life is. You don't know how busy this, how naughty my children are. You don't know how difficult my job is. You don't know how as a senior, you know, I have so many programs on that I need to be part of. You won't say that things, those things. You will say, well, you go home and say, I think I need to resign from my job. This is so important, I better resign. I know of people who do that. For the sake of their health, they give up their job. Some, for the sake of the family, they give up their job. Why? Because this is serious. That is why I say, unless you take this as a real spiritual battle, you are fully consecrated to God, the rest of the three hours will not matter to you. You see, say, ah, yeah, okay, lah, you know, all the standard things, we heard this before. There's no burning urgency in your heart at all, right? Now, you will do everything that you can. What are some of the things that you do? What are some of the things you do? Well, you, re re you say, well, I have no time. The doctor said, now you need to start eating this, exercising, and doing this set of things. And you have medical appointments every week, twice a week. You say, crazy doctor, I got no time for that. No. What will you, what will you do? You go back and you reprioritize. What will you reprioritize? Maybe I should ask you some question. Maybe you're falling asleep. What's the first thing you would reprioritize? Maybe I ask elderly, right? Wait, don't ask elderly. They get offended with it. I'm, I'm an elderly. I'm an elderly of course. All right, Mark, you're not elderly. Ask you, Mark. <laughs> Mark, what would be one of the things that you immediately reprioritize, for example? You say, oh, I got cancer, and the doctor say, now you need to set time three times a week. Uh, um, then come and see me, and every day you must be doing this. 
and, you, and you're very busy and say, wow, what am I going to reprioritize? What are some other things? Everything else becomes irrelevant. Where does the best answer? Do you think you're still going to say, ah, look like I can't go to the gym. No, three times a week. And then every day I got to be doing this. I don't think I got time for the gym. Or maybe dialysis, all right? I don't think. What about my gym? What about my, my hobby of uh, building what you built? I don't know. Of, of whatever it is. Uh, what about, you know, my, my uh, afternoon teas with my regular friends? Nothing matters anymore. Actually, pre-prioritizing is going to be so simple. But today, you say, I want to go back to Perth. I want to start building prayer, making this change and building prayer into my life. Now, Sudan, you say, I have no time. Sudan, let me ask you. When you take on an additional subject in university, what do you do? You want to take that subject. You will reprioritize your private life. You will reprioritize your going out time with your friends. You will reprioritize your exercise time. You will reprioritize many things to fit that subject into your day. There is never a case where you say, I have no time to add this subject because you want it. Correct? You willingly give up many things. Sadly, many give up church. Alright? It's the opposite. Reprioritize. Now, reorganize. Reorganize. Then from there, you begin to say, with all these minimum things that I have left, I need to change timing of some things now. Now, for example, mothers, fathers, I know, very little time to sleep, right? There's church, there is your family, there's work, there's housework. I'm not saying it's easy for the singles and the, and, the, and the seniors, you're living on your own, so you also have a whole bunch of things to do for yourself, for the house. What do you think now you need to actually give up? What can you think of, Claude? You're a, you're a working person, a father, and they say, now go back, I want to add consistent um, closet prayer into my life. Lord, uh things that are unnecessary. What are some unnecessary things? A lot of the, um, extra killing time hobbies. <laughs> extra killing time hobbies. <laughs> that is a very good word. Extra killing time hobbies. Not only extra, but it's for killing time. Okay, <laughs> Extra killing time hobbies. Good example. Extra killing time hobbies has to go. Then you, then you give it up already. So now there's only minimum non- extra, non-killing time, things that are necessities in life. Thomas, what do you think you need to start giving up? Uh, read less news. Wow, news. <laughs> okay, now that's a good example actually I have here. Yeah, now if you have a habit of reading news, just every time, in fact, Bye. now this is a habit I have to get rid of myself. You know, because of the ministry work, I, I always want to be very updated with, with the trends of, of how people think, how, how, uh, what society is going towards this and that area, how it will affect your family, your children, the way you think. So I, I always engage in news. And then to the point I realized that whenever I have time, I would just go and check well, what's happening in Christianity in this area, what's happening with children upbringing, what's happening with the government's policy on all this. Then after some time, I realized that 
Well, maybe it's not that necessary to check so often. I can use that time to pray, right? Now, but I think one of the things is, what about sleep? What about sleep? I'm not asking you to be sleep deprived. I'm not saying um, um, don't have sufficient sleep. But sometimes it may be I need to have less sleep. I need to have less sleep. That is it. That is it. Now, are you willing to have less sleep for an extra subject students? You do. You take extra subject and you say, I just sleep less, right? For your job, for whatever is precious to you, maybe you just have to sleep less because you checked already as mother. All right, do, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this, and all I've packed into the day, I've gotten rid of every extra killing time thing that I can think of already. Then maybe I just need to sleep a little less. Get up half an hour earlier. Sleep half an hour later. All right? I'm not asking you to be sleep deprived. Please understand that. But sometimes we may need to say, well, I just sleep a little less. I like the mother's sharing. When you begin to pray, you, you begin to find that actually you have more time. I won't say you have more time as in a lot of time, but things seem to get soft somehow. Things seem to be more controllable. You actually will increase your productivity in prayer. All right? So let me just rattle off some. All right? For example, um, yes, yeah, sacrifice some sleep, right? Not, um, not as much as you desire. That's my, that's the best way to put. It. Not as much as you desire. Now, leisure, newspaper, social media. Um, well, some people they just like, just like sightseeing or even exercise, all right? All right, I look a bit more flabby now. So what? Now turn down friends and relatives engagements, students. Your friends will say, hey, we're going here. You want to join us? Hey, we're going there. Want to join us this weekend? And that, that. Or, you know, this, or, you know, have this program ongoing. Want to join us? Sometimes you just have to turn down friends and colleagues, invitations for this and for that, for that. You say, I, do, I want to fit set times of prayer in my life. Something has to go. I have to make some changes. That is, that is the, where the rubber hits the road, right? Well, now, what about even some necessities that may be fanciful. Now, I know how it is, housewives, you, you like to cook um, fanciful meals for your family, you want to them to enjoy it, I'm not saying that's sinful. Now, sometimes, maybe, is that taking up so much time that you're too tired to pray? You have to go more shopping, more grocery shopping, take longer to cook? Husbands, are you angry at me? <laughs> I'm not going to get my famous laksa, chicken rice, whatever it is, right? Well, sometimes you tell your wife, wife, you know, why, why are you so frazzled? Why do you spend all your energy doing that? Just cut it down. Don't have to be so fanciful, right? Or baking or cooking, not, it's not evil as well. But now you begin to re in, realize in order to fit in prayer, these set times, this real prayer in my life, maybe some of this good to have may need to go. That is the reality. You know, when we were having dinner, both dinners, we were all saying, you know, during our times, you're watching the children eat, and then they, wow, like, oh, they only eat the chips, all right? The rest, they're not interested. And then we were just saying, you know, when we were young, you sit on the table, whatever is on the table, you eat, right? You, you don't ask, why, why, why can I have this? You don't, you don't have a, 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 a list of what you want. You just sit there, like, this is food, all right? You eat, that is all. You don't ask, you don't question, you don't complain. You just eat. 
Now, children, don't don't be people that make daddy and mommy so tired, so busy and say, I want to eat this, I want to eat that, I want this, I want this cookie and all that. And then you find that they keep doing it. And parents, learn to train your children. That is there, it's nutritious, eat. Alright, it should be like that. If it, that is what it takes to fit a habit of prayer into your life as a housewife. Same for the singles. Do you need to make sure your garden looks so good? I don't know what singles do, I'm guessing. Because you stay on your own, right? Then you have a garden, I presume. Does it need to be so weedless? Does your house need to be whatever it is that you do that makes you tired, that makes you um, frazzled, that makes you only have time for a little bit of prayer? Well, think again. Make changes. Make changes. Well, there was something else that I wanted to say. I forget now. Um, oh, yes. Now, family, this is one thing that you have to be careful. Do you replace personal prayer with family worship prayer? No, I said the other way around. Do you use family worship prayer to replace your personal prayer? Means tonight we have family worship prayed already. Do you do that? You should not. When you go back to your room, you have your personal prayer, your personal engagement time with God. Now, which one of you, eh, after you sit in the living hall, right, then you talk to each other, right, then you go away, you bump into each other in another room, then you just feel that we don't need to talk, we've talked already. You don't do that, right? You just keep talking when you bump into each other anywhere in the house. So why is it that you say, oh, pray already, talk to God already as a family, now I personally, even when I go back to my room, I don't need to talk to God. You are not like that with human beings. So when God says praying always, God is just simply proskuneo, always seeking me, always engaging me, always speaking with me. And when you go back to your room, your heart is still engaging me, talking with me. That is the natural thing. That is exactly what this, this, this passage means. All right? So natural, so normal, praying always, that is you. Are you like that? Am I like that? All right? Is it sufficiently like that? Now that is the question. This is not good to have. I hope you don't understand. Uh, you don't mistake it. This is for the holy Christians. This is for the good to have to do for rather maybe the church uh, session members and the uh, more holy Christians in church. Now, this is for every single Christian because every one of us, the moment we are saved, we are in battle. All right. So now I hope that you begin to have a glimpse. Say, Lord, when I go back, I don't have a closet prayer as a teen. When I go back, I'm going to start it. Because that is part of praying always. Parents, tell your child, start your closet prayer. Daddy and Mommy, we are going to start our closet prayer. Because God says, praying always. That is a definition of wanting to bring up Godly seed. It's very easy to say that. I want to bring up Godly seed. I want to bring up Godly seed. Sometimes I'm kind of afraid until it's like, do you know what you're talking about? It means after you hear messages like that and you know you're not doing it, you're not setting the example, you go back and say, we are going to start. We have not had family worship. We have not been doing family worship. We are going to start. We are going to be a praying family. We are going to be comfortable with each other. They are stopping to pray to God and it must be a natural scene in our family. Not show off. Eh? 
It's going to be a natural, so natural in our family. I'm going to buy each one of you a different color kneeling pad. <laughs> I tell you, that is really the most wonderful thing. I keep constantly being reminded by it. Wonderful thing to have. So Christian, I hope that you begin to now get a glimpse what praying always really means when you get home. Now please add this to your first question for reflection on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Alright? This is one question you must spend time on. Alright? Your reflection question for Wednesday, add this question. What will I reprioritize? Alright, what will I reprioritize? Reorganize. Remove to implement this life of prayer after I leave camp. Better still, during camp onwards, alright? But at least after I leave camp. To implement this life of prayer, what will I reprioritize, reorganize and remove to have it? Let us all turn to God in prayer.